Well, good morning, guys, or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. Graham Cowgill here with another edition of Jack of All. Excited to chat a little bit today. I don't know what's going on, um, but whenever I chew right now, if I chew with my back right teeth, it's only my back right teeth. The longer I keep my teeth clenched, I have this sound or like this feeling of air brakes in my ears. What? Is that even a thing? Anyway, I just thought I'd tell you because chances are something's laid eggs in my brain. That's the only explanation. So enjoy these podcasts while you can. (laughs) What a weird thing. On the drive to uh, work today, I don't know if you do this or not, but I'm like a very proactive driver. I'm always thinking, I'm like a chess player, right? Thinking of a few moves ahead. I'm trying to figure out, I don't have to speed necessarily, uh, so it's not about going fast, but it is about getting there the fastest. It's about efficiency. So I'm always calculating my moves. I'm very observant driver. I mean, down to like demographical stereotypes, you know, just let's say if I pull up to a, a traffic light, for instance, and I've got two cars to choose between which one do I want to be behind I will make these instant calculations to determine which one is probably going to be faster off the line so if I see like dents in a car I'll think ah reckless driver probably means that they're fast and I'll get behind them or um, usually the nicer the car means the faster And I just think, okay, nice car. That means they're probably cutthroat in the business world. They're a go-getter, and they probably have just trouble shutting off their go-getter attitude, and so they probably drive fast, or I'll get behind them, or whatever. Unless it's a Mercedes, because more often than not, Mercedes are older drivers. I take that into account. Okay, now that I've probably infuriated 90% of the listening audience. Um, I was just thinking as I was processing this stuff at a light that I pulled up to, how crazy the human brain is. Isn't it just insane? The calculating ability of the human brain. Not, not even the calculating ability, but just what you're looking at right now. Right? You're, you're able to take in images to the human eye you're able to hypothesize, to, to process, to um, not just understand what is, but understand what could be, to, to take hypotheticals down like an incredible rabbit trail. Like the human brain is so unbelievable. Um, I, if you've never done this, taken a, a waltz down this, uh, rabbit trail on rabbit trail or rabbit hole. I guess you can do you can do either. Let's take rabbit hole of YouTube down kind of the genius trail. Who are geniuses? What are uh, what makes a genius? Um, one of my one of my favorite couple videos to watch are on uh, savants. So autistic savants um, are people who are probably 
have some for some sort of autism like maybe even as mild as just mild Asperger's into um, pretty severe autism, but they are just blessed with this incredible cognitive ability. One of my favorite savants to watch videos on is this guy named Kim Peek. And uh, he's actually the guy that Rain Man was based on. If you've ever seen that movie with Dustin Hoffman. And Kim Peek, essentially what they were saying is... I'm going to screw this up because I'm no neuroscientist, but um, the hemispheres of his brain, whatever allows somebody to be socially cognitive, to understand social cues, that was shot for him. So he you put him in a social situation and he is virtually, uh, he cannot communicate. He can't understand your nonverbals. He doesn't understand the social atmosphere. However, his brain works as essentially like a hard drive. And so he can pull up very similar to a computer with uh, perfect memory anything that he's ever read. Uh, so, you know, when he, he'd get in front of these rooms full of college students and he'd have lines of college students asking him questions and they would be like, if King Louis III's dad was alive today, what day of the week would his birthday fall on? And Kim Peek would go, uh, Thursday, and like that fast. And it was incredible. He had, the way that he reads books is he would open this book and he said that one eye would read one page, the other eye would read the other page, and then put them together. And so he could just read these books incredibly fast, and he'd memorize everything he ever read, but had no social interaction, didn't understand the social world, which I think is interesting. So you'd say, okay, well, does that make him a genius, right? Because I think that a, a piece of, of being a genius is is processing, um, which he has kind of a hard drive for a brain, maybe not any processing ability. And actually, uh, I looked it up, his IQ was 87. So there's another element of at least the textbook definition of genius that says no, that he's not. But you look at these things he's able to do and you say, of course he's a genius in that. Uh, there's another savant. His name is Daniel Tamet, or Tamet, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but I, I first watched him on David Letterman, and he is a savant, very much like Kim Peek is, but his autism is very mild, so he has very, very mild Asperger's. He wouldn't even recognize that he had uh, that from watching an interview, and so he's able to explain what's going on in the mind of a savant, which is very easy. So what Daniel's whatever supernatural gift was, was numbers. Uh, not just calculation, but memorization of numbers. I think to the tune of, uh, there's a national pie day, not like eat up an apple pie, the 3.14, the number pie, which is an ongoing number, right? It never repeats itself, just a random display of digits and, and numbers. And so Daniel on pie day, recited pie to nice little siren 
I mean, they're coming to get me for my larva in my brain. Um, I think he recited Pi to like 22,000 something digits memorized. It took him like over four hours. And so nobody in the, and it says it, it took him like a, a few weeks to do that where it'll take even a, a normal genius years to get anywhere near that. And he says what happens for him is uh, he doesn't see numbers. Uh, the numbers make uh, more than shapes, like kind of a landscape or um, some sort of picture or even sensation. And so what he says he does, the way he memorizes numbers is he goes, number one, for instance, is like this big blinding light. Uh, I'm going to screw it up, but let's say number two is kind of a wavy, uh, feels like a meadow. Number three is whatever. And he, he has numbers all the way up to umpteen thousand. And so what he goes is, I'm not seeing numbers. I just replay this movie in my head. And I'm each piece of this movie is a number. And so... Anyway, his brain just works so much differently than mine. <laughs> um, numbers, I'm so bad with numbers. I was so bad at math. Man, school's frustrating. Uh, actually, physics and um, statistics and algebra um, almost ruined school for me because I felt so dumb. Uh, I couldn't figure out numbers. I couldn't figure out formulas. My brain just didn't work that way. And so when I started to go through just the doors of school, I associated school with this overwhelmed feeling of being stupid and I can't do it. And I kind of shut off a huge mental piece of myself. So I never viewed it as learning. I never viewed school as learning. I viewed it as trying to fake being smarter than I felt. And I was like, man, just don't get caught being as dumb as you really are. Um, however, I've had other people tell me, Graham, you're a relational genius, is what they would say. Uh, which, I don't know that I'd use the word genius, but uh, I will say that's my skill. Is that I love the relational aspect of life. I, I can, you drop me anywhere, you drop me in the middle of a kindergarten and within five minutes, we're having a grand old time, right? You throw me um, in a basketball court in the middle of New York City, we're having a grand old time. In band, we're good to go. With, you know, in a nursing home, we're good to go. I just, I understand relationships, but my brain is such a way that numbers just don't connect. Um, thought of a quote by Albert Einstein, of all people, who was widely considered one of the most incredible geniuses ever. And his quote was, everybody is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. Isn't that a great quote? And so, yeah, I just... Kim Peek, right? This guy with an IQ of 87 who goes around and everybody's just, you know spellbound by his staggering abilities um, man you put him in a a social context and he comes across useless uh, me who I, I agree I, I, I have relational 
skill and I have social cognitive abilities. I understand what a room needs and and can do that. Man, you put me anywhere near numbers or you make me uh, do something administrative and I am as useless as it gets. Uh, this is one of my favorite things about managing people, I think, or um, or being a leader, or even in sports. Uh, I was team captain in swimming, and uh, that's why I think sports is so important is because we have the ability to recognize where people's genius lies. Not for their genius to mirror ours, because if you're a great, you know, social guy and you got Kim Peek under you and you try to make him that person, it's not going to work. But you got to recognize what is supernatural about somebody else and find out how to best maximize that. So um, everybody's a genius, <laughs> but you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. It's going to live its whole life believing it's stupid. Find people's genius. Uh, and I wonder what's in store for this. This is a little, a little far-fetched, but... Um, yeah, I wonder if that's a uniqueness of my brain, you know, being bad at numbers and great at kind of the social aspects or creativity, if that's just unique or if that's a malfunction, you know, I wonder if the being bad at math or being bad at numbers is a malfunction or just, or just my strength lies somewhere else. It's, it's interesting. Uh, mild digression here, but if you don't know who Elon Musk is, um, creator of Tesla, uh, this guy is an inventor, innovator, and um, pro you talk about just genius as far as innovation and seeing the world differently. He's about as smart as it gets. If you ever have a free two hours and 20 minutes, Listen to Joe Rogan's podcast where he interviews Elon Musk. It is so interesting. Elon Musk thinks differently than other people. Uh, my decisions, I'm thinking, hey, what am I going to do later today? If I get really crazy, I'll think two months down the line. And my problems are how do I, you know, how do I make it so that I can survive <laughs> and buy food in another two months? And the problems that Elon Musk is thinking about are how do I solve humanity's problems? Like he just, I'm telling you, man, I think Joe Rogan at one point says, if anybody would be an alien, it's you to Elon Musk. He just thinks differently. But the reason I bring him up is one of this guy's endeavors is something called Neuralink, which uh, if you've ever seen the movie Limitless, with Bradley Cooper, where you can take a pill and essentially open up the brain's full cognitive abilities. So I don't know that it increases its capacity, but it uh, you know maximizes its potential, right? And essentially, Elon Musk is kind of working with this thing for Neuralink, which is this kind of tertiary like cognitive layer where you are able to open up uh, all the roadblocks that were there mentally. And he says in the future, it will be just an option, <laughs> an option of whether or not you want to use your full brain's capacity. And all these things that used to be roadblocks no longer are because you have maximum brain 
power. And he goes, the future will be just the collective will of humanity, that the roadblocks that were there mentally will no longer be there. And we'll be able to do essentially kind of what we want, which is, which is just a mind blowing thing to think about. So I thought about my brain, like, do I, whatever these nuances are, the things that I'm good at, the things that I'm not good at, is that my brain specific? You know what I mean? Is that, um, or when I, let's just say I plug in Neuralink or however that's going to work, um, hook up to Neuralink, get a chip. I don't even know what that's going to be. But if I do that, do I expand my brain capacity and the strengths that I already have? Or do I unlock these other facets or aspects of my brain and all of a sudden I'm good at numbers? Isn't that just interesting to think about? But that is the... That's the future. That's what people are working on is kind of this next level of humanity, uh, which I find very, very interesting. I don't understand it at all, but that's where it's heading. I think I say all that because um, whether you are caught in just the grind of today, uh, which I find myself in a bunch, got a bunch of kind of moving pieces going on right now and I'm trying to figure out a lot of things right and so you can just get in the grind of, of you know next paycheck next meal next next rent check all that and um, and that grind is gonna look different <laughs> really I mean pretty soon the keeping up with the Jones is, is going to involve like this um, bettering yourself as a human or improving yourself as a human or let's just say the neural link becomes something and so instead of just oh wow that guy has a great car or that person has a tesla or that person has whatever pretty soon it will be that person has this cognitive ability and i don't know if that's going to be based on money but man if so can you imagine if there's separation in social classes now think about that separation when the wealthy have infinite cognitive ability and those who don't will are essentially going to become this, these obsolete kind of just ghettos of, of poor them. At least that'll be the perception. There will be an enormous gap, which maybe even furthers the point that what we were designed for is relationship. Relationship with God with our Father and Creator, a relationship with each other, to love each other well, to value each other, and that what maturity looks like in somebody, what growth actually looks like, uh, what bettering yourself looks like, is that in another year, in another five years, that you have more peace, more patience, more kindness, more gentleness, more goodness more self-control. Those are the things that said, that's what success is, that those characteristics are embodied in our everyday life. And so whether it's what we've gotten accustomed to now or the quote-unquote future, the unforeseeable future, uh, our success and our goals remain very much the same, which is a comforting thing in the midst of a growing unknown. So... Hope you guys have an awesome day. Just some food for thought. And um, all right, see you guys later. We'll try again tomorrow.